You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. It's my pleasure to introduce a new body that's going to be hosting our land surveyor, actually just our surveying show, uh, be it land, water, air, whatever it is. Uh, Jeff's going to be doing it, and he'll be doing it from Alabama. Jeff is, uh, it's Jeff Lucas. Many of you know that name. Uh, Jeff has written articles and a number of other things that uh, have uh, made him well-known in the surveying industry. So, Jeff, welcome to America's Web Radio and the America's Web Radio family, and look forward to working with you on the surveying hour here on America's Web Radio. And uh, as we have talked, we may be um, shuffling the name just a little bit. But for right now, it's pretty (coughs) self-explanatory. Surveyor's Hour. That can be land, it can be water, it can be just about anything. So, welcome to America's Web Radio, Jeff. Uh, Thank you, David. I appreciate it. And I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here this morning and talk to our audience. Uh, Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Uh, uh, It would be uh, probably an understatement to say I'm a little bit nervous this morning. This isn't my uh, regular or normal medium. Uh, Let me ask, Jeff, would it it help to uh, be like Moses and have a rod in your hand or something? Well, yeah, that might that might that would help a little bit. It'd help to be out in the field with a machete and I'll be cutting some line. You know, that that would help a lot. Well, I, <laughs> I, I can also send over a bottle of mosquitoes and they can bite on you. Well, you know, I'm immune to mosquitoes. I've been I've been in surveying that long. So oh, okay. That, that mosquitoes don't bother me anymore. Now, yellow jackets that's another that's another issue. But uh, if you will bear with me this morning, uh, expect a little bit of fumbling and mumbling around. But um, I do have a plan uh, a plan for the program. Um, I thought it would be uh, totally appropriate maybe to uh, introduce myself to a certain extent. Um, some of you may know who I am, as, uh, as David alluded to. Maybe you don't know who I am. Uh, but my name is uh, Jeff Lucas. And um, um, I am a land surveyor. <coughs> Excuse me, just a second. I've got to clear my throat. Well, there's some stumbling and mumbling around right there. Okay. Um, I'm a land surveyor. I'm licensed in five southeastern states, uh, my home state of Alabama, and all the states that surround Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, and Tennessee. Uh, I'm also a licensed attorney and member of the Alabama State Bar. I've been in the land surveying business uh, full-time as a full-time occupation uh, since uh, January 2nd, 1976. Six months out of high school, I was going to take a year off uh, from school and, and then go to college, but I got, in, I got into land surveying and loved it so much that that year off ended up being uh, more than a year. It ended up being several years, but um, I worked my way up uh, from the field to party chief uh, to a licensed land surveyor. I was um, I was down in Florida at the time, and uh, my family lived down in Florida, and I became a licensed surveyor in the state of Florida uh, in 1984. And so. Um, 
I moved my family back to um, back to the Birmingham area in 1997. And when I came up here, I ended up, uh, because of work issues, I ended up having to get licensed in some other states. So, um, so I did that. But from the very beginning of my surveying career, at least from the point in time when I started seriously uh, studying surveying to, uh, to gain licensure, uh, so that would have been back in the late 70s, early, early 80s, I, I saw the nexus between what we do as land surveyors and, uh, and, and the law. And um, as a matter of fact, my experience now teaches me that the land surveyor at the core issue of why we're licensed at the very core of what we do, land surveyors have more in common with the legal profession than they do with the engineering profession. Uh, but I won't delve into that uh, right now. We'll be delving into those types of topics uh, as we go through the program. Um, but uh, when we moved to Birmingham, I had an opportunity. Uh, I always wanted an opportunity to go to law school. Uh, I just couldn't figure out how to pay the mortgage and uh, and go to law school full time. But when I moved to Birmingham, I found Birmingham School of Law, and I had an opportunity uh, in my late 30s, early 40s, to uh, to go back to law school, and and I did. And um, I went to law school for various and sundry reasons, not the least of which was uh, I wanted to become a better surveyor. Uh, I wanted to know more about the law. Um, as I, uh, I, at that point in time, had about a 20-year land surveying career under my belt, and I still had, I still had questions. I still had gray areas in my mind about what I'm, what, what am I supposed to be doing as a land surveyor? Um, uh, another thing I've come to learn is land surveying, as it's been traditionally practiced over the last 50 to 60 years, has a lot to do with, uh, it's, it's sort of practiced as a belief system. It's sort of, there's a lot of mythology out there. We'll talk about surveying mythology as we go through the program. Maybe not today, but um, that's, that's a large part of surveying, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to go to law school, because I had conflicting I had conflicting issues, I had conflicting ideas, I had conflicting principles that I was being taught, uh, and I didn't understand why I, why I was doing uh, certain things as a land surveyor, why, why, I, why I just believed that I needed to be practicing this way or that way. You know, just a, a, a real quick example is why am I breaking a section down in the public land survey system? Uh, we'll, we'll be referring to sections in the public land surveying system quite often on this program, I imagine. But why am I breaking a section down all over again when that's already been done? Why am I setting a new monument in the ground, uh, a monument that's supposed to represent uh, a corner? Uh, and when I talk about a monument, I'm talking about um, a, uh, a surveyor's pen or, or an iron, typically referred to as a monument. And surveyors set monuments in the ground to represent uh, a corner. A corner is, is, a, is a legal concept. <coughs> And it's important to keep this in mind. Uh, a corner and a monument are not necessarily the same thing. A corner is a legal concept. A monument is a physical thing. So, so why am I sitting as a surveyor 20 years under my, of, of a career under my belt, licensed in five states, 
and still not understanding exactly why I was setting a new monument in the ground when there was already a perfectly good monument there that was more than likely being relied upon uh, by the adjoining landowners. What, what, what's, what's the deal with that? So uh, I started writing about uh, this, this, so multiple monuments in the ground. The, the common term for that is called a pin fishing corner. It's called it because there are multiple pins, iron pins or iron stakes or concrete monuments, whatever the monument might happen to be, there are multiple monuments in the ground, all ostensibly representing one corner in legal contemplation. Why? Why is that? So um, that was that was perplexing to me, and I actually started writing about uh, what I refer to as the pincushion effect, the multiple monument dilemma in American land surveying. I started writing about that while I was still in law school because um, uh, right, right, one of the first classes I took was Property 101, Real Property 101. And uh, I was underlining that book. I was making highlights in it. I was taking notes. And the, uh, the other class I was taking at the time, and the, probably the best class I ever took in law school, was legal research. They taught me how to go search out the law, read the law, understand the law, <clears throat> and and apply the law. And you know, that's what they do in law school. They don't teach you how to become a lawyer. They teach you uh, how to find the law. They teach you about the law. They don't teach you uh, how to be a lawyer. So I was finding answers. Back then, in the late 1990s and uh, early 2000s, you know, it wasn't so easy just to get online and, and search for court cases. Now, of course, you can get online. You can Google almost anything and find an answer question is, is it the correct answer? So, um, they also taught you, they also taught us in law school not only uh, to find the law, but to figure out if the law is the correct law. Because law gets overturned. Court cases get overturned. Statutes get changed. Um, every time the legislature goes into uh, <clears throat> goes into conflict, I mean, they're, they're always changing the law, okay? Um, so the law changes. But one of, the, uh, one of the great aspects about boundary law, property law, is it changes very slow, relatively speaking. It changes at glacial speed. And one of the reasons it changes at glacial speed is because the courts are loath to change property rights, change property title, to change property issues, to change property law. Because when you do, when you start... <clears throat> When you start moving property lines around, then you start affecting people's property rights. And that's exactly, that is exactly one of the problems uh, with the land surveying profession today. And one of the things that I've been, that I've been battling, I, I hate to use the word battling, but I can't think of a better word. One of the things that I've been battling uh, ever since um, I graduated from, even while I was still in law school, but graduated from law school and started writing uh, articles about surveying. We'll get to that in a moment. So, um, to recap, and this wasn't supposed to be all that long, but uh, to recap, uh, I'm a licensed land surveyor in five southeastern states. Uh, I am uh, a licensed attorney in the state of Alabama. My my practice for the last 20 years has been focused on. Uh, I'm, I'm not a litigator. I'm not. I'm not a great attorney. You know, great attorney representative. 
Uh, I've done some of that in the past, tried to be an attorney, but uh, I really found that <clears throat> what law school and becoming an attorney did for me was it made me a better surveyor, so uh, an expert witness. So um, for the last um, 20 years, my focus has been on uh, surveying uh, and legal issues affecting surveying. So I, I imagine that's what this program is going to be about. <clears throat> but. Um, uh, as far as what call, you know, what I did here this morning in order to, um, uh, in order to sort of get the program started is I sat down and asked, uh, wrote out a couple of questions uh, that I would ask myself uh, if I were on the other side of this microphone and listening to this program. You know what? So, so I'm going to go through a couple of those questions. Probably take us into the next uh, into the next segment um, and. Um, We'll see where it goes from there. So what qualifies me? Well, I've talked about my qualifies, uh, my qualifications to a cer certain extent. What qualifies me to be the host of this, this program? In addition to uh, what I just um, told you and in light of what I just told you, uh, shortly after passing the bar in 2003, um, as circumstances would have it, I became a uh, regular columnist for POB Magazine, most of you. Uh, maybe I, I, I really don't know exactly who's out there listening uh, today. I understand it could be across the world, so I, I think maybe I need to uh, make sure every now and then I remind you we're talking about American land surveying and American property law. But um, um, I started writing for POB Magazine, which stands for Point of Beginning. Most, I'm sure most American surveyors understand uh, what I'm saying there. In 2004, I had a I had a regular column, but it wasn't every month. As time went on, I had a regular monthly column, and then as time continued to go on, to this day, I still write for the uh, magazine. And now my column is every every two months, every other month, uh, all the even months: February, April, June, you know, etc. Uh, so I'm, I'm in the, uh, some, some people at, at seminars say, Jeff, I don't see your column anymore. That's because you're looking on the odd months. If you want to find my column, it'll be on the even months uh, now. Jeff, uh, with that in mind, we're going to yep. have to take our first break. We'll be back with Jeff Lucas right after this. And, Jeff, you're doing a heck of a job and very interesting uh, finding out about you. So thanks for doing it. We'll be back with Jeff right after this. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. 
Quick Stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick Stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes, your back-friendly stake. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, thank you. Uh, glad to be back. Um, I'm going to wrap up this uh, What Qualifies Me here in just a few minutes. Um, uh, so I've been writing for POB Magazine since 2004. Uh, I have uh, authored three books on surveying Alabama boundary law that was sponsored by the Alabama Society of Professional Land Surveyors. Um, that book rolled out in 2011. Uh, it was meant to be a template for uh, taking it to other states. Um, that didn't work out so well, but you know what? I'm kind of happy it didn't. Uh, the next book I uh, authored was The Pin Cushion Effect, The Multiple Monument Dilemma in American Land Surveying. I've already talked about this to a certain extent. It bothered me so much, this pin cushion corner. My, my definition in the book of a pin cushion corner is the land surveying profession's collective confusion over our duties and responsibilities towards property boundaries. Property. That when I was coming up as a plebe surveyor and you know newly minted surveyor, you know my mentors told me we don't have anything to do with property rights. We have nothing whatsoever to do with property rights. There's another surveying myth. Every time the surveyor goes out into the field and wraps a piece, a piece of flagging around a, an iron a monument uh, in the ground that represents a property corner, you're messing around with people's property rights. That's, it's just, that is a fact. So I wrote the pin cushion. I was writing the pin cushion effect. Um, it started out in, in law school. It started out as a little article I was going to get published in the uh, Alabama Society of Professional Answer Bears. It went from supposedly being uh, an 800-page uh, to a thousand-page uh, article to uh, over, uh, excuse me, 800-word to a thousand-word article. It's going to be uh, published in the uh, state association's newsletter. It ended up being uh, before I was done. It was over 6,000 words, and then I just kept going. So uh, put the pincushion effect um, book out there. Um, my definition of the pincushion effect book is uh, the minimum mandatory property law to understand the issue, the issue being the pincushion effect, uh, to understand the issue and then uh, preventive, pre- preventative or remedies for it, uh, you know, going forward. Because in, in my mind, <clears throat> the pincushion corner is a huge, just a huge public relations nightmare. For the land surveying profession, it, it gives it, it, the fit and the physical evidence is out there in the field. It, every time I go to the field and survey property, I expect to find a pincushion corner. Now, what that means is there's one corner in legal contemplation. There's one corner for that property, and it might be it, it might be uh, adjoining other property. It might be the common corner to multiple properties. But there's certain, there's, generally speaking, there's no reason uh, for there to be uh, property corners right next to each other. Now, you might find that in a subdivision where they don't know how to lay out the lot, where they, where they can't 
Uh, the, the engineering firm uh, puts two property corners within a foot of each other. That's, that's of course, uh, ridiculous and, and, uh, and, uh, and in, my, uh, in my opinion, not kosher. But generally speaking, as a general proposition, there's only one property corner out there. So why, we ha- why do we have multiple monuments in the ground all representing one property corner? It's, that's a big problem. What that, the, the public relations issue here is we, we are giving the general public, as Lancer, we are giving the general public the idea we have no idea what we're doing. We don't know what we're doing. A- a- another myth that I was taught as a land surveyor, as a you know, as a as a plebe cadet land surveyor, was we don't determine where property boundaries are located. Only the judge can determine where the property boundaries are located. That is absolutely untrue. That is, it has some truth to it, but it's that's a that's a false premise. Okay. Um, uh, and now that I've been in the uh, legal profession to a certain extent, well, you know what they say about surveyors, right? No two surveyors can ever agree on a corner, on a corner position. No two surveyors can ever agree. How good is that moving forward? It's, it, I understand that professionals, and I, I talk about this all the time, professionals, um, really their stock and trade is an opinion, but, but really... Uh, we, we can't agree on existing property corners that are in the ground that are in, that have gone into reliance that have become established on the ground. Well, there's there's <clears throat> there's a grain of truth to that. No two surveyors can ever agree about a corner. And there's a grain of truth to that, but it's it's not necessarily true. Um, so a lot of myth uh, mythology out there, a lot of belief system when it comes to um, when it comes to surveying property and. And it was, that was the reason, the primary reason for the transition effect book. Um, the uh, Illinois Boundary Law book, I wrote that in uh, for Illinois. The Alabama Boundary Law book was supposed to be a template for going to other jurisdictions. Um, Illinois actually took me up on the offer, um, working with um, uh, the um, um, Illinois uh, Society of Professional Land Surveyors. They sponsored the book. When I did the Alabama book, uh, about the same size, about the same number of chapters. When I did the Alabama book, they paid me a lump sum fee. Um, that was a nice lump sum fee. I mean, it would have been a good, good survey project, a uh, good decent size survey project. But uh, I ended up working for like 10 cents an hour um, in the final analysis. When I did the Illinois Boundary Law book, I got a larger lump sum fee and probably ended up uh, working for 5 cents an hour. So the idea that I could take... The Alabama Boundary Law book is a template, and and transfer that over to another jurisdiction. Uh, really didn't work out all that well, so I'm kind of glad that uh, those letters I sent out to these various and sundry um, associations across the country. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm glad they didn't take me up on it uh, <laughs> because that would not have been a good thing. So um, I've written three books. Um, I have been doing live presentation seminars since 2004, um, and I have uh, probably 30 uh, titles in my um, seminar library, and writing for POB Magazine and some other other magazines and uh, uh, local association newsletters, um, I probably have uh, over 100, maybe it's approaching 150 uh, articles that I've published. So, 
If that doesn't qualify me to be a host of the program, then uh, I'm not quite sure what would. So we're going to move forward with um, uh, with um, uh, the idea that uh, maybe I'm qualified uh, to host this show. Now, <clears throat> I will say one thing at this at this point. Um, I don't have all the answers, but after 40 years in the land surveying profession, after uh, uh, five um, being licensed in five states, and after being uh, an attorney uh, and a member of the state bar for uh, now closing in on 20 years. I do claim to have a clue. Um, so what's my plan for the program? Well, that, that's a nice segue right after that question. Is, uh, I know the program traditionally has been uh, bring guests on and talk to guests and uh, I guess interview guests. I, I know when Kurt Sumner was doing the NSPS radio hour, I was on the program a couple of times, and that's what we did. Uh, Kurt um, would bring guests on, and he would ask him questions, and, and you know, very good discussion. Well, um, I don't have any, I don't have a guest this this today. That doesn't mean we're not going to have guests. Um, my uh, idea moving forward for this program, if if, if the great people at uh, America's Web Radio are in agreement, is um, Maybe uh, maybe we'll, we won't get a guest on here for a couple of weeks. I haven't even called anybody up, asked them if they want to be a guest. Uh, I have a lot of people in mind I'd like to bring on and talk to and uh, uh, interview them and uh, get you know uh, get their uh, their information out there on their ways. Uh, I haven't done that yet. So, but what I thought the program would be about, at least in my mind, would be that um, and also back up a little bit also. Uh, you can't call in and give me your questions. Uh, this isn't like a live uh, presentation in front of an audience where you can raise your hand. I'll stop. You ask me a question. I'll do the best to answer that question. Maybe that takes us down another little path over here. Um, in a seminar, um, you, you try not to get you know, go down rabbit holes uh, because you've got a presentation to make and you've got a limited amount of time to make that presentation in. So. I'm thinking about this program. Well, we don't have that conversation. Uh, we can go down a rabbit hole if you want to go down a rabbit hole. Uh, if you don't want to, uh, if, if you don't have any questions or comments, then I guess I'll talk about what I, I guess I'll talk about what I think that you might be interested in. But I think it would be a much more interesting program if you uh, wrote in, uh, wrote in your questions and comments. Uh, I, they will forward those questions and comments. Uh, they, being America's Web Radio, will forward those questions and comments to me. And then on the next program, which will be next Monday, uh, I will look at those questions and comments, and um, I'll throw out the bad ones to keep the good ones. <laughs> uh, now, uh, I'll look, you know, I'll make sure it's you know, a relevant question. You don't need to know what I ate for breakfast this morning. Um, Obviously, so it'll be relevant stuff. We'll, we'll deal with the relevant questions and comments. Um, after everything I've told you, then I'm, I'm assuming at this point in time, you probably have the idea that my forte is um, surveying the law or land surveying, uh, land surveyors and uh, the legal aspects that uh, of the legal issues that affect their, their practice as land surveying surveyors. That's what I've been doing and writing about for the last 20 years. So. That's kind of where I'm heading with this program. Um, that doesn't mean, though, that you can't ask other questions. 
uh, and I'll do my best to answer them. But I'm not a just you know <clears throat> full disclosure here. I'm not a I'm not a real big technical guy. I'm not a real big equipment guy. Uh, but hey, that doesn't mean we can't get some guests on here who are. And and I know some people who are very uh, very uh, competent and uh, actually experts in the field of uh, technical expertise and, and equipment. So. We can certainly uh, get people on to answer those types of questions. So we may table those questions until I can get a until I can get a um, uh, a guest on who could uh, properly address those questions. So uh, anyway, so that's uh, so the plan would be moving forward. Uh, oh, in in order to send your questions to me, you need to write me uh, at Jeff J E F S at americaswebradio.com all spelled out. Uh, same website you're on if you're listening to the program. Send uh, send me an email, uh, David and the, and the great people there at America's Web Radio will forward those questions to me, and I'll look at those questions over the ensuing week. And when we come back next week, um, I'll address your questions. Uh, other than that, um, questions, comments, yes. And break. I, <laughs> and we're going to have to take a break here, Jeff. Okay. So we'll be back with Jeff Lucas right after this. Quick Stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick Stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes, your back-friendly stake. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Okay, welcome back. Um to, to the program. Um, all right, well, what are we doing with this program? Certainly, uh, I do want to get guests on here. I want to hear what your comments are. I want to hear what your questions are. In final analysis, the bottom line is I want to talk about what you want to talk about. Now, I, I imagine our audience um, consists of surveyors, maybe people working in surveying who aren't licensed yet or who uh, could be students. My experience at POB Magazine tells me that uh, it was not just surveyors reading the magazine. Uh, a lot of times, uh, when there's a su- excuse me, when there's a survey problem, <clears throat> landowners start doing their own research. I have run into this more times than I can even count. Um, a surveyor comes out, does a survey of property, upsets the status quo. Um, the landowners are uh, all in an uproar. 
especially the one who uh, is ostensibly losing land because of the new monuments set in the ground in new places where they've never existed before, set by the latest surveyor coming along. And what do they do? They start doing online research into land surveying, and um, and they'll 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 find P.O.B. magazine, they'll find American Surveyor magazine, they'll find uh, uh, the other one. They used to be professional um, uh, professional surveyor magazine. Um, and they'll start reading articles, and I, then I get emails because they'll read an article of mine in POP Magazine, or they'll find me on my website. And um, you know, and they've been doing all this research and uh, into answer room because they just—it's perplexing what's happened to them. They don't—they don't understand uh, what the uh, the surveyors uh, have done or why they did it. Um, and it's—you know—the easy answer to that is because surveyors are operating under a belief system. They just believe they're supposed to do this. They just believe they're supposed to do that. Um, however, they have a very tough time um, showing us where uh, it actually is written, so to speak, that they're supposed to be doing that. But um, anyway, be that as it may. So uh, I'm assuming that out there in the audience there are probably uh, landowners who have been uh, aggrieved by some recent surveying activity, maybe that's that's probably why they're listening right now. Uh, they looked up land surveyor, land surveyors or land uh, land surveyors and uh, and they found uh, America's web radio and they found out wow by golly there's a uh, there's a land surveying hour show. Uh, so they maybe they're listening in for that reason. So I don't know exactly and you may be listening from another country. I don't know. So uh, until you start writing me and telling me what you want to uh, what you want to listen to or what you want to hear or what you want me to address, my idea has been uh, is uh, right now, especially today, um, with no guests and no questions, uh, that I'm going to. Uh, I mean, I got a thirty. I got a seminar library with more than thirty titles in it. I got 150 articles out there. I'm, I'm going to pick something and just start kind of going through it. Sort of uh, what I do in a seminar presentation. I'll I'll put a presentation together, put the slides up there on the on the screen, and use them to uh, sort of uh, prompt the conversation forward. So that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna do now. That's what we're gonna do today, and I'm looking forward to uh, hearing from you. And we'll uh, we'll change directions. So I've got plenty of material, folks. Um, I could go on for probably a year of Mondays. Uh, without um, needing a guess or any questions, but that's not what I want to do. So um, the, the program I picked today, and I'm just going to kind of slide through here and get some points to talk about, is how to make a boundary determination that will win in court. I think I put this program together first somewhere back in the mid-2000s, 2005, 2006, something like that. Um, Again, this is working on that mythology that uh, only the only uh, this this was in some uh, to a certain extent breaking the mythology that only only the judge can determine where the where the property boundary is located on the ground. Okay, only a judge can make that term. We surveyors we can't do that. We're 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 not even, we're not even supposed to know what the law is. This is what I was taught, folks. I'm I'm, I'm repeating you things that I was told and what I was taught and things that I read. Um, and evidence and procedures and Clark on surveying boundaries when I was studying to be uh, for that first examination. Um, we're not even supposed to know what the law is. 
Oh, well, that's a myth. Uh, we are supposed to know what the law is. Um, but this idea that um, that uh, only a judge can make a boundary determination. You know, post law school, and I'm not going to talk about law school all day long here, but uh, it comes up, okay? It comes up. Uh, things I learned in law school that now I know are, are the truth as opposed to the mythology I was taught prior to law school. Uh, but uh, one, of, so, uh, one of the uh, epiphanies, I guess, I had post-law school was, uh, no, that's not true. It's not the judge. The judge is not the only person who can make a boundary determination. As a matter of fact, the only person in the United States of America who can go into the field and make a boundary determination, a determination of the on-the-ground location of the property lines, the only person licensed and sanctioned by the state to do that is the licensed surveyor in each of the individual jurisdictions. And when I say jurisdictions, I'm talking about the state. Only the licensed surveyor in the first instance that is the only person who is licensed in the United States of America, licensed and sanctioned to render an opinion on the the ground location of property lines. A judge can't do that. An attorney sitting in her office cannot do that. The title company cannot do that. The only person who can do that is the license surveyor, licensed and sanctioned by the state. This is the core issue some people kind of, you know, snicker this. Yeah, you know, um, you know that, that's ridiculous. But it, it's true. The only reason we are licensed as land surveyors is for the protection of the public. Now, what is it that we protect about the public? I mean, that's a basic, simple question. What do we protect? Well, if you look at the NCEE model rules and laws, uh, which most, uh, engineering and surveying boards, boards, licensure boards across the country have adopted, then you will see that uh, the, 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 um, the, the model law says uh, we're licensed to protect the health, welfare, and property of people in the state. Now, we do, uh, we do have a role in protecting health when you go out there and you uh, start chaos in the community by moving property boundaries around, you're certainly affecting their health to some degree. You're affecting their welfare to some degree. But the only reason, the only reason we have a license to survey property is to protect their property interests, is to protect their property interests. If we're not doing that, then there is no reason, there is no reason for land surveyors to even be licensed. There's no reason to license land surveys. Um, now, some people think, and, and I've heard this too, well, Jeff, I'm going out there and I'm staking out the deed. This is what I call deed staking for the uninitiated. The deed staking is taking the geometry from the deed and the legal description. It might be a meets and bounds description. It could be an aliquot parts description, the uh, southwest quarter of the northeast quarter, section township range. It could be lot nine, horizontal subdivision. When you look on the plant, it has all this nice, nice neat geometry. Um, 
taking the deed means you just take the deed geometry, you find yourself a starting point, you find yourself an azimuth, two monuments would do it, and you just mathematically, uh, you, you turn surveying, you turn surveying into uh, a stakeout routine, a mass and measurement uh, task. Um, surveying is not a mass and measurement task. This is what I was talking to you about um, uh, earlier. It's not a math task. It, it, it's not an engineering, surveying is not an engineering project. Uh, it's an evidentiary exercise. Retracement survey is an evidentiary exercise. Original surveys, putting out brand new lines in new places where they never existed before for a common grant, so that is a math and stakeout routine. But retracement surveying is, is the math and the and the and the measurements actually uh, could be irrelevant under the right circumstances, as long as you are identifying the true and correct property lines and the true and correct property corners. Then you have done a, then you have performed a successful retracement survey. Of course, you want to have uh, good measurements to those points. But the the whole point is, have I identified the true and correct property corners? Because that's where the property rights. And some surveyors, this is mythology, some surveyors, this is a belief system, think that they're actually protecting people's property rights by putting the mask on the ground and throwing the, and throwing the, um, uh, the neighborhood into chaos. That's not protecting people's property rights because property rights are already, are already on the ground. They exist in the established boundary uh, positions that are currently on the ground. So that's, that's surveyors not understanding what they do. Surveying is a very esoteric profession to the point where there's a lot of surveyors who don't even understand what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, so this is what I've been up against uh, for uh, 20 years. Uh, uh, fighting mythology and fighting belief system. And, and, and show me where it's written. So... The judge is the only person who can make a boundary determination, right? No, that's wrong. The judge, a judge, in order for a judge to even to even come to even listen to even listen to a boundary dispute, the judge has to have two or three things. First of all, the judge has to have subject matter jurisdiction, not just any old municipal judge in a, in, sitting in a municipal municipal court can make a boundary determination. Why? Because property rights are involved. And equity is involved. You have to, it's your higher level courts in the state of Alabama, it's our circuit courts, our higher level courts. They have to have subject matter jurisdiction over property boundaries. And one of the things that's required is equity jurisdiction. I'm not going to, I can't get into a discussion about law and equity here today. We only have about 15 minutes left, but we'll get into that. But your only your higher level courts have both law and equity jurisdiction. You have to have a court with equity jurisdiction. That's your higher level courts, and certainly it's all of your appellate level courts. They all have your, your, your courts of appeal, your state supreme court. They all have equity jurisdiction. What is equity? Equity is what's fair and what's right. It's not necessarily written down in a, in a, in a criminal code somewhere. Okay? It's not necessarily written down in a statute somewhere. That's what case law is all about. 
And that's that's why. And 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 surveying is heavily infused with case law. Heavily, most of our rules for surveying property has to do with uh, with court decisions that have been made and rendered. Jeff, we're going to have to stop and take our last break. You're listening to the Surveyor's Hour on America's Web Radio with Jeff Lucas Esquire. Does does the Esquire come before the Surveyor or the Surveyor before the Esquire? Uh, I usually put, uh, officially, I put Jeffrey N. Lucas, J.D., P.L.S.E.S.Q. <laughs> You know, you, you read you read on the web. You know, you're supposed to put your your um, um, your your high first, yeah, and then uh, other you know other things after that. So that's what I did. Well, now that I'm we got on. that straight, we will uh, move on. Jeff, thank you, and we'll be back with more of Jeff Lucas Esquire uh, and all the rest of the. Uh, Alphabet Soup, right after this. Quick Stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick Stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes, your back-friendly stake. Whether cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you, and I am glad you're back. We're on our last segment here at uh, uh, America's Web Radio, and uh, thank you, David, and people at America's Web Radio for um, for allowing me to host this program. And hopefully, we'll we'll continue with this program over the next weeks and months. All right, I was talking about the judge. Um, first thing that the judge has to have in order to make a boundary determination is the judge has to have subject matter jurisdiction. Okay. That includes equity jurisdiction. But in your uh, state statute somewhere, there's probably a, a statute about your court, and it will, uh, generally speaking, the statute will identify the court uh, where boundary disputes have original jurisdiction. So that'll be, um, that, that'll, that'll, that's uh, statutorily driven, plus it's driven by, the, uh, by equity. Okay. Equity is not the law. The law is the law. Equity is not the law which is an important point for us to remember <clears throat> because, by and large, the determination of a property boundary is an equitable question. It's not a legal question at all. 
and, and that's surprising to some surveyors because I, I've been, again, I've been uh, writing, talking, presenting about uh, these issues for 20 years, and I get surveyors come back to me all the time and say, Jeff, you're trying to teach us how to uh, be lawyers. No, I'm not trying to teach anybody how to be a lawyer. I'm just try- I'm trying to show surveyors what's required uh, to do um, to do their job correctly. And a boundary determination, unless we're, try- unless we're trying the title, we're questioning the title. That's a legal question. That's a legal question. Uh, unless we're trying the title, there is no legal question in a boundary dispute case. Now, if, there, if somebody's uh, charging adverse possession, now, you, now you're trying the title. You're, you're questioning the title. You want the title to change. If we're not doing that, if it's simply a boundary dispute over the location of the southwest quarter of the northeast quarter of certain section township and range, then there's no legal question at all. I mean, there's a legal question. What is the property? That's the legal question. It's the southwest quarter of the northeast quarter. Where is it located? That's a factual question. There's no legal question to it. We're not. You're not answering a legal question. It's a factual question. Equity cannot answer legal questions. Equity can only answer factual questions, equitable questions. And because it's not written in the law, there is no law. That's why it takes your higher level level courts, your more sophisticated courts, your appellate courts. They can render both the law, they can rule on the law, and they can also render equity, what is fair and what is right. Not necessarily what the law says. What is fair and what is right. That's equity. That's an, that's an equity, uh, a judge sitting in equity. <clears throat> so the judge will have to have subject matter jurisdiction. Another thing, the other thing the judge is going to have to have is going to have to have a plaintiff and a defendant. Going to have to have a, without a plaintiff and a defendant, you don't have a boundary of speed test. You have to have a plaintiff and a defendant. The judge has to get personal jurisdiction. This is what equity does. Equity gets the, in a criminal case, the police go, go grab you, they put you in jail, and the DA has you. But in an equity court, the judge has to get, uh, has to get jurisdiction over you, the landowners, has to get jurisdiction over each of the, uh, of the landowners, the plaintiff landowner and the, and the defendant landowner. That's called in personam jurisdiction. So the judge has to have subject matter jurisdiction. The judge has to have uh, in personam jurisdiction over the plaintiff and the defendant and due process of law. Of course, by serving papers, by a plaintiff filing a complaint and a defendant answering, that's how the judge gets in personam jurisdiction over the parties and already has jurisdiction over the subject matter. And so now we have a boundary dispute case on our hands. Well, if the land surveyor knew how to survey and understood equity and the boundary establishment doctrines, it never goes to court. The only cases we read about is when the surveyor, generally speaking, the only cases we read about is when the surveyor shows up on the scene and throws the, 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 the status quo into chaos. And I hear it all the time. Well, Jeff, if, if we survey like you say we ought to survey, we're going to get sued. 
No, you're more likely to get sued if you if you're upsetting the status quo. Because I, I see a lot of bad surveys, a lot of really bad surveys, where um, surveyor never gets sued. And, and this is the, this is the, this is the problem with boundary dispute cases. Many many times. The surveyor is the one who caused the train wreck, and the surveyor walks away, leaving the wreckage and the carnage for the landowners to deal with. And why is that? Because here's here's a problem with boundary dispute cases. I'd say a problem, but it is. It's a problem for the landowners. There's no money in boundary dispute cases. There's no money in boundary dispute cases. They're on their own. There's no insurance to pay for the boundary dispute. There's no insurance to pay for the experts. There's no insurance to pay for uh, the attorneys. So when you're in a boundary dispute case, you're uh, you're putting the bill yourself. And there's no guarantee. As a matter of fact, in most cases, you're not getting, even if you win, you're not getting the money back. So it takes a, a special landowner who has disposable income or disposable savings uh, to go into a lawsuit and, and prosecute a lawsuit, even to defend a lawsuit. You don't even want to be in a lawsuit, but there you are. You, you, They've filed papers, and you have to answer. Now you're in a lawsuit. You don't even really want to be there. And this is, this is, this is a real problem. These, if you don't think that their welfare, at this point in time, that their health and welfare isn't being affected by surveying activities, then you, are, you, sh- you need to turn in your surveyor's license. Because they are totally affected by this. Their welfare, their health, and their property is all at stake. There might not be any money to prosecute a, uh, a boundary dispute case, but the, the principles run very, very high. They want what's theirs. And when, they're, and when the surveyor comes in and upsets the status quo, Put the new line in the ground where it's never existed before. Um, um, the, the landowner losing land only wants what was all, what always has been. I, I want the status quo. I, I want to go back to the status quo. It's always been that way. Well, we were happy. Everybody was happy. And then the surveyor came along and said, no, we got to move our fences 10 feet. Now what does the other owner on the other side want? He wants his 10 feet. She wants her 10 feet. They... Most landowners, at least in my experience, are basically decent, honest folks. Basically decent, honest folks. Uh, they only want what's theirs. They only want what's theirs. And here is a hard, cold fact that surveyors want to deny. When the surveyor goes to the field, and, and finds the monuments and wraps the pink flagging around those monuments, the pins in the ground. That's what I'm referring to here. The pins in the ground. Goes out and uncovers the pins, wraps the pink flagging around those pins, puts the stake by that pin. And, and I, I would venture to say 50% of all surveyors in the United States of America will tell you this is not what they're doing. Matter of fact, you can see it on their maps. They're really not doing that. Um, but that, that, the landowners don't know that. All, the landowners don't even know how to read a survey map. 
But when when they see the uncovered pin, the stake and the iron and the uh, flagging around that iron, they think that the landowner, <clears throat> that the land surveyor is telling them what they own. And why wouldn't that be the case? We're supposed to be out there surveying property lines, gathering and evaluating the best available evidence as to where the property lines have become established on the ground, weighing that evidence, uh, and rendering a well-reasoned opinion on the only question open to the land surveyor, and that's the location question. The title question isn't open to you, Mr. Surveyor, Ms. Surveyor. That's, that's, the, that's the legal question. You're supposed to understand and know the legal question. It's the southwest quarter, the northeast quarter. It's Lot 9, Garfunkel Subdivision. Yes, that's what the property is. That's the legal question. That is what it is. Your only question as a surveyor, is to go out and render a well-reasoned opinion on where it's actually located on the ground. Not to try to upset the apple cart, not to try to, uh, not to, try to upset the status quo, but to render a well-reasoned opinion on the only question you have. And if we're not doing that, then what does society need us? This is a basic question. If we're not doing our job, we're not doing what the legislature set out for us to do, go protect the property rights of the people of the state, the, the landowners of the state, then eventually there will be a new system that will come in place, a new rubric, so to speak, that will come into place and, re- and, and, and replace us. If we're not going to do the job, then we all know what that is. This is no knock on GIS but we all know what the replacement will be. If we're not going to go out on the ground and do the hard work of finding the, the, where the property is located in dirt space, then it will be determined in paper space, and then all the landowners can just go quickly in the court and get an adjudication and force the judge to make the determination that the surveyors refuse to make. This is almost a survival issue. Are we going to remain relevant in the 21st century? Or are we going to wait for our replacements to come in and take over the job? That's a question for the answering profession. That's a question for the answering profession. There's only two fundamental principles to surveying. And there's only one question. How how easy can it get? And, original survey. And we're going to have to come next back next week to find the answer to that. <laughs> All right, David. Hey, it's been a pleasure, everyone, and I'm looking forward to next. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.